Hello, listeners, and welcome to the show. Do you feel it? Can you sense it, listeners? The feeling of electricity? The hostility? The overwhelming stench of plastic buttons and hairspray? Imagine no more, because we're currently hosting a live broadcast of the Bridgemont College student presidential debate. Usually, there would be debates, plural, but the freak snowstorm that happened a few weeks ago pretty much wiped the schedule and everything had to be moved around to accommodate. Nevertheless, it promises to be an exciting night. Unsurprisingly, lead picks for student body president Fitzgerald Phillips of the Purple Party and Marjorie Margie Olferson of the Thistle Safflower Alliance have made it to the debate stage and are ready to trade jabs and jibes at each other's platform. Also in attendance is campus favorite and my best friend, Dave. After collecting a metric fuckton of signatures, Dave has also made it onto the ballot and earned his spot on the debate stage. How will the competitors handle a verbal tussle of tact and intrigue? We'll find out in the next few minutes. But first, you listeners might be wondering how I, being the avid supporter or advocate of Dave that I am, can manage to keep my journalistic objectivity intact. To answer that, I would like to make the statement that all journalism is inherently biased, and thus, I am simply following in a long, intense history of political reporting in which it is fairly obvious which candidate I prefer while still trying to portray all candidates as equal. At least I can admit to being fairly obvious about my support, which is better than certain national news outlets can say. Ooh, burn! Thank you. And now, listeners, before we begin, I'd like to make a public service announcement. It has recently come to my attention that certain members of the V Club are being mercilessly pranked. Water buckets above doors, underwear stapled to the ceiling of their dorm room, and the classic Kool-Aid in the showerhead gag. Well, I have to advise you listeners and you pranksters out there that however warranted this entertaining attack on the V Club, it is, it is nonetheless childish and completely appreciate. I mean, <clears throat> immature. I cannot professionally condone these acts. I can, however, say that they are solid japes in my book. <laughs> On a completely unrelated note, I'm currently joined by both Charlotte of the Channel 4 News team and head editor of the Bridgemont Birdie, Starling Rhodes. In addition to my coverage of the event live for all of you to listen to moment by moment, Charlotte will be airing her coverage tomorrow during the morning announcements, after she has hopefully had plenty of uninterrupted and ceaselessly futile beauty rest. Hopefully! <laughs> I'm also here with plucky intern come co-host Jack Jameson, who will be assisting in getting into the ring with the candidates during the physical challenge. Wait, wait, I'm doing what? Oh, just get in the ring there when things get heated. Ah, it'll be fine, I'm sure. Yeah, no worries. Freshman year, there was an incident with some press during the physical challenge, but they've probably worked things out by now. What kind of incident? Oh, your standard improperly calibrated boom lift smacked a candidate in the face while trying to get past the political viper pit. His wounds weren't too terrible, but the student who ordered the equipment was handily reprimanded. Listen here, you. I know it's been you doing things in my room. I can't prove it, but I know I'm not you. Oh, speak of the devil. Keeping the cameraman out of the ring this year? We're both here, and I know it's probably hard for you, but let's maybe at least try to keep things professional here. Well, I don't know what you could 
possibly be talking about Grape Girl. I'm being more than cordially professional given the active harassment that has been received on my part. Loving the purple hair, by the way. It's a nice change of pace over that terrible bleached blonde monstrosity you called a hairdo. If you think just because you've got friends to do your dirty work for you that you're in any way better than me, you've got another thing coming, sweetheart. I've got friends of my own. Are you threatening me live on air again? Seems like kind of a bad choice of timing given your camera's kind of rolling too, doll. Listen, I'm not going to let you get away with this, you malevolent radio hag. Just because the camera is rolling doesn't mean the audience sees everything. You should know, after all, given your show is a cobbled together piece of inflammatory gossip at best. The editor is the only one who truly makes the focus. Hey, listen, they're gonna start any second now. Maybe cut the catfight short. Yeah, we've all got work to do. Whew. Well then, listeners, as many of you know, the planned host for tonight was supposed to be Gerald, Bridgemont's mad dairy scientist, but as many of you also know, Gerald's not technically allowed on campus, and some sources say is currently nowhere within the vicinity of this building. In lieu of that, I'd like to introduce you to the host and moderator for tonight's debate, the biology department's own Mr. Filbert. Hello there. And I'm sure everyone's looking forward to it. Shall we hop right in and commence with the candidates verbally ripping the others to shreds? Well, Sonia, I personally think that's a little extreme for this type of program, but sure. Hey, let's get this party started. Alright, contestants, if you'll please come out on stage. And please introduce yourselves. Starting from left to right. I'm Dave Kingston, junior bureaucracy major, and I'm running independent. I'm Margie Olferson, super senior environmental studies major and representative of the Thistle Safflower Alliance. Green hype! I am Fitzgerald Phillips. Third year communications major, head of the Purple Party, and current student body president. Woo! Excellent. Now for the first question. In what is your background? Dave, you won the three-way coin flip backstage, so you get to go first. Well, I'm glad you asked. As many of you know, I've been an active member of the Bridgemont community during my time here. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I've been an active member of the community here and have been involved in numerous clubs, social events, fundraisers, and investigative activities on campus. While I don't have any formal experience holding office, I'm committed to doing the best job I can and serving Bridgemont by learning and becoming a better person first and a better leader next. Since I believe you need to have that core settled before you dive into a field known for compromising people's standards. No shade though. 
I understand the immense difficulty and responsibility of representing the whole of the student body, and I'm willing to work hard to improve our community and involve the community in my decision making. It's a lot easier to get good things done if everyone's on board after all. Thank you, um, uh, Mr. Phillips. My family entered the political arena some 180 years ago with a regional governorship of a nearby state, and since then has occupied positions of greater and greater prestige, further proving the value of dynastic political legacies. I am thus not only the prime candidate to lead the student populace, but also the only candidate with a proper political pedigree, without which my competitors sadly cannot seriously compete. I have behind me generations of budget analysis, cost reduction, and decidedly uncontroversial views, leading me to believe that the present state of things is the best state of things, regardless of how the future may dictate otherwise. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Phillips. Uh, Miss Olferson, uh, your background. Oh, what? Oh, background? Like, background check? Why are you asking me about that? Look, totally past it, dude. Totally past it. I was just eating so many poppy seed muffins, right? It gave me a false... No, no, wrong background. Your political background? Why you are a good fit for student body president? Uh, that old deal. Okay, listen, people. I think that anyone should be able to hold public elected office. That's democracy working, right? Need real equality. That's why I chose my vice president's name out of a beanie. Only lady fate is fair, right? So, like, I'm as good as anyone to sit in that chair, which I've heard is super comfy, y'all. So why wouldn't you run for office? Why wouldn't you? And besides, man, it's like, it's not like I'd be the one making these decisions. That's a group thing. Duh. Gotta make decisions based on what student body's feeling. Let the body be free, you know? We'll make some optional polls first week, right? And we'll know what's up. Yeah. Fantastic first round. You're all such good contestants. Now, uh, for question number two. If given the chance, what one thing about yourself would you change? Dave? This might be a little personal, but I have a hard time saying no. I'd like to be better about setting clear boundaries and enforcing them when I have too much on my plate, giving myself space to rest. I definitely don't regret any help I've given anybody, so I hope nobody takes it that way. Just that I'd like to manage my time better and put myself in a place where I can be a better person for anyone who needs that. I want to make sure I'm there for the people I care for and the people who need me, but I also want to make sure I don't burn out. Mr. Phillips? In all honesty, there is very little about my person I should like to change, given the exceeding potential benefits my breeding supports. Nevertheless, I would have preferred fluency from childhood in Mandarin Chinese, Hindi, 
and Brazilian Portuguese, as those languages represent vastly growing powers on the global scale, and awareness of political partnerships as well as competitors separates the politically exceptional from the weak and unfit to lead. Thus, it would be of the greatest consequence to acquire an edge over one's opponents and seek inevitable compromise in one's favor. And... Mia Solferson. I'd really like to be able to fly. And, like, make money with my mind. But, like, non-inflationary money, so it's cool, you know? Don't want to deflate the green stuff any more than necessary. Yeah. Is, um, is that all? Yeah, definitely want to smooch those clouds, ma'am. Don't we all? Okay, uh, next question. What are you looking for in an ideal partner? Dave? Oh, for the vice president, you mean? Well, now that you mention it, I haven't actually picked my running mate. I volunteer! I got you, boy. Oh, thanks, Sonia. So anyway, what I'm looking for in a partner, trust, respect, communication. A lot of pretty simple things. I want to feel like we're compatible and understand each other working on projects together. A sense of humor is really important too, and they've got to know when to relax. More than anything, I want someone who's going to be honest with me and tell me what's going on. Thank you. And now for you, Mr. Phillips. The core traits I seek in a professional vice president include taking orders, functioning independently of my leadership, yet deferring to it, and following a set plan through to its completion. They must be able to follow a rational, logical line of argument, prepare materials effectively and efficiently, demonstrate a clear, orderly method of organization, and see that I am briefed of all possible outcomes for any potential situation. While I ask much of my subordinates, I consider it asking very little, for it behooves those of less prestige to work harder and improve themselves. These are, after all, skills that every political understudy should possess, for without them, they offer no real value beyond that of an undervalued placeholder. Now wait just a minute, that's completely- I'm sorry, Dave, but right now isn't the contestant interaction portion of the program. You'll- just have to wait until then to respond. Oh, sorry, Mr. Filbert. Go ahead. Any further comments, Mr. Phillips? Only that for proof that my system works, you need only ask my vice president. Vice president? God, that dude looks like death. Has he literally ever slept? Like, ever? He looks like Topher's first month in the Job dorm. Ugh. Moving on. Uh, Miss Olferson, how about you? Uh, your ideal partner. Right now? Like, anyone who can fix my fridge. <laughs> but seriously, I don't know. Ideal partner. That makes this sound more like an equal opportunity than it actually is, you know? We're talking about president and vice president. And there's... A definite hierarchy there, and that's just no bueno. My partner and I are running as co-presidents, dividing the labor, fair is fair, 
If I thought I was somehow being co-opted by a system that takes my time for granted, I'd drop out right now. I consider that a superlative suggestion, Miss Olferson, and highly recommend you act on it at once. What, and let you periwig barf bags have complete control? You're bogus if you think I'm letting you dictate my decisions. Contestants, contestants, please. Let's be cordial here. Remember why we're doing this. To be fair, Mr. Filbert, bitter rivalries and flagrant disrespect are kind of par for the course in these sort of situations. I suppose so. But it really does bum me out. Anyway, um, next question. What is one mistake you've made that you would like to change? If there's one mistake I'd like to change, I think it'd have to be that I'd like to have been a better friend to some people in the recent past. I would like to have been more open to the issues they were going through and had to have listened more. Maybe also spoke up more instead of being afraid to be a killjoy. I feel like if I'd been more empathetic, I could have made some difference in their situation, and I feel that reflects back on me for not doing enough to be there for them. And I feel that might have been better for all of us. Oh, shit, dude. Are you crying? No, it's just getting a little misty out here. That's uh, very thoughtful of you, Dave. How about you, Mr. Phillips? One mistake you'd like to change. While I doubt I possess the hubris necessary to admit to having made no mistakes, I nonetheless consider it a misnomer to label negative actions mistakes. They are valuable experiences for charting more successful paths toward victory. If I had not, for instance, endured the vicious slander of my person regarding alleged campaign funds I may or may not have accepted from parent companies, all designed to enhance my chances of winning, I would not be able to say I better understand the difficulties of campaigning, and or that the small-mindedness of proponents of campaign reform are not only misguided but improper for constituents claiming to support opportune and productive governance. Wait, what? He embezzled campaign funds and also got elected earlier than he technically should have been able to be, and apparently thinks it makes him a better candidate. Ah, gotcha. Eh, thank you, Mr. Phillips. And you, Miss Olferson. So, last week, I found a tuna fish and pickle sandwich lying deserted in the cafeteria, and, like, I would like to publicly apologize for eating it without asking around first. I don't know whose sandwich it was, but at the time, I thought somebody just left this here, but I had no way of knowing that, so I just want to get that off my conscience. Also, would totally have sent more petitions around prior to announcing my campaign. Like, can never have enough co-signers, right? Thank you. Now, for the next question. What is your idea of a romantic evening? Excuse me, but that question is highly irregular for this... Definitely, like, a good Italian place candle in the bottle, but like, neo-Italian with gluten-free breadsticks. The works. Uh, Mr. Filbert, are you sure that's the right question? 
Yes, yes, I, I believe so. Uh, that's what I have written on my sheet, at least. Actually, isn't it about time to start tallying the points? Mr. Filbert? Let's just be clear here. What event do you think that you're at? Oh, I thought this was one of those love connection things. Isn't that what this is? I even wore my best tacky plaid jacket. Yeah, that jacket's dope, but no, Mr. Filbert, this is the student government debate. Why did you think everyone was talking about their candidacy? Oh, well, I guess that explains the weird answers to the questions. Hmm, well, I guess we're in a bit of a pickle, aren't we? I didn't prepare any other questions, and the administration approved these, so I don't know what to tell you. How about the interaction part of the debate? We should still be able to use questions uh, 8, 11, and 17 from the looks of it. Oh, excellent idea, Sonia. Okay, contestants. That would be candidates, if you please. Uh, let the man talk. Jeez. Go on, sir. Thank you, Dave. Okay, you three. I'll ask you all three the same question. You'll each get to respond, and then you'll each have one minute to respond to each other. Oh, well, we've actually only got like five minutes to get done with this and move on to the physical challenge. You want to maybe just have responses? Aw, but the final questions are my favorite part of Love Connection. Oh, well, I guess you're right. Dave, uh, please, uh, closing remarks. Well, all of you know me well enough to know that if I'm elected, I'll try my hardest to be the best damn president that I can be. I personally support a much more humane and empowering work ethic in which all members are supported by the system in which we all work. Certain candidates tonight have made it abundantly clear that they would rather the system service them than the other way around, and that's just not right. This position and everyone here tonight deserves a person who is willing to make sacrifices, learn from their mistakes, and listen with empathy to the people they are here to serve. Oh, wow, listeners, looks like Fitzgerald's running mate has just resigned his post. He's currently clinging to Dave's podium with the cover of 20's pulp novel. I've never seen such desperation like that before. Not even when I spent 58 hours straight in the library finishing my term paper last semester. Honestly, making this poor man happy is enough of a reason for anyone to run. Yeah, no kidding. Now, now, kids, calm down. Uh, contestant number two. Uh, I mean, Mr. Phillips. Uh, closing statements. While all of you may enjoy your faulty and empty dreams about untested and unproven candidates, I will remind you that I represent the only system proven to work and thus guarantee results come crunch time. High-spirited rhetoric is all well and good, but when positions need to be cut, budgets turned in, deadlines met, and subordinates disciplined, what you need is a leader, not a friend. I expect you all to remember that at the polls, 
after the seductive song of upstart failures has faded, and you are left with a choice between the system we have now and desperate, unproven, chaotic change. Uh, Mr. Filbert, may I make another remark? Ooh, this is getting exciting. Go ahead, Dave. I accept that systemic upheaval is scary, but in a world in which political systems have continued to work against the majority of people, denying us the basic human rights of water, food, and shelter despite the availability of those resources, stripping us of our humanity in an effort to defend these systems, I think it's damn well time for a change. If the change makes people better, does the right thing, and provides an ounce of empathy to the people who are a part of it, then yes, it needs to change. And I ask that all of you be a part of that change. Okay. Now, Miss Olferson, do you have any final statements? Can we just imagine that I just said all that stuff that Dave just said? Because, like... If I wasn't voting for me, I'd be voting for him. Miss Olferson, that's a super nice thing for you to say about your fellow contestant. I really appreciate the camaraderie. Thanks, Mr. F. <gasps> what? What is it? She used an F. Mr. Filbert's name is spelled with a PH, and he hates it when... Young lady, I have been more than cordial to you during our time as student and professor. I have given you extension after extension because I thought you were a good student who participated in class. But this, this is the final straw. You have lost my heart. And your grade. Mr. P.H., I'm not even in your class. Oh. Then what Margie have I been giving extensions to? I gotta check my ledger. Okay. Uh, listeners, we're gonna take a short intermission in the debates while the candidates suit up for the physical portion of the debate. Meanwhile, I'm gonna interview a few audience members to check the pulse of the constituents. Well, how about that person over there by that cart that none of us know and we're certainly not friends with? Ah, yes, capital idea, Jack. So, complete stranger I've never seen before, wearing a trench coat and sunglasses, what do you think of the proceedings thus far? Well, if you ask me, I feel this whole process has been too scripted. Real decision-making happens through experimentation and getting messy. This bureaucratic take on democracy doesn't really sit well with me. Although, I'm real optimistic about the turn it's taking. Oh? Uh, so what would you have changed about the process if you had the opportunity? I think it'd be more of a free-for-all, to be honest. I lean more towards anarchy than bureaucracy. And I personally believe that everyone has a wild thirst for just desserts. And that can only truly be sated by progress and dairy treats. Ha, does that explain this refrigerated cart you brought with you? Yes, indeedy. If you look at it objectively, the common voter's hunger for frozen custard and ice cream isn't too different from their hunger for social justice. There are always some bad eggs who have developed some poor tastes, but 
for the most part, the majority of voters know what's right and are willing to fight for it. You could say that ice cream is a revolution for your taste buds. That it is, my dust mask wearing friend. That it is. Well, listeners, I'm going to scout another interviewee. Here's the ad. Uh, thanks for talking with me, man. No problem. Remember, though, to keep your taste buds fresh and to stay alert. The holiday season in Bridgemont has never been just about presents or decorations or the annual roach battles. No, the holidays are about bringing family together. And what better way to do so than to bring home a big old tin of Grandpa Pappy's popping corn? Well, how about the new Grandpa Pappy's popping corn chicken? Lightly breaded with Grandma Marsha's old-fashioned panko crumbs, and served with our signature sauce infused with the power of the ancients, Grandpa Pappy's Poppin' Corn Chicken is a meal sure to bring together your loved ones this holiday season, just like our poppin' corn tins have done for the last seven generations. So bring the whole family down to Grandpa Pappy's Poppin' Corn Stand this year, and be sure to ask about our custom sigil-inscribed tins for some extra holiday protection from the Krampus. Grandpa Pappy's Poppin' Corn, once you pop, well, there it is. How was that, Marsha? Did I do the reading good? I saw Algernon. Oh, wow, he's here? Yeah, over there by that bush. Hey, Algernon! Me! You! Interview? Oh, goodness, I've been detected. Hey, uh, over here, dude. I must conceal myself by beating a hasty retreat. You just jumped in a bush. You could have just said no! I don't have it to interview you. I don't have journalistic cooties, God! So you say... Be an adult, Charlotte! Looks like they're ready for us now, if you want Yeah, yeah, fine, let's move. What kind of tomfoolery is this? Why can I not have my newly appointed vice president compete in my stead? Sorry, Mr. Phillips, those are the rules. Now, don't any of you worry too much about winning. This course is just meant to test your physical agility, endurance, and critical thinking. The administration has lately become much more interested in, for some reason, in having a well-rounded individual leading the student government. Are there going to be, like, light refreshments after? Eh... We don't have anything planned, but I can ask Wade if he has anything he could bring over. Nah, I'll pass. The cafeteria almost never has anything I can eat. I prefer to be on the chaotic good, low sodium side of things. That's fair. Maybe try more potassium salts. Anyway, let's get started. Listeners, what we're seeing now is a giant obstacle course breathtaking in its complexity and nostalgia. 
It's sort of a mix between Nickelodeon's Guts, I Survived a Japanese Game Show, and Ninja Warrior? Floodlights are illuminating the stands and shining up from under the pool. The hurtling bars of the Punisher obstacle are kicking on, and I can hear the engine for the brutal bench heating up now. God, that's a uh, crazy-looking field, that's for sure. It's so shiny and chrome, honestly. Anyhow, Fitzgerald, how confident are you feeling about the Democrat portion of the night? I... I have only ever run unopposed, so I've never technically needed to compete in the physical component of the campaign. I don't personally count athletic prowess among my skill set, but I am nevertheless confident that I shall triumph by virtue of determination and preparedness. Excellent. And you, Margie, what are your concerns going into this challenge? I can kind of see water, so I'd really like to not take the plunge if possible. I'm kind of on a cleanse where I can't be like submerged, so that'd be nice to keep intact. Ah, and you, Dave, how are you feeling? I'm great. I've been working out a lot lately and I'm totally ripped and ready for this. This looks like fun. Just what I want to do here. Now, I am going to retreat to the commentator stand so I can get a better view of the action so I can do a play-by-play. Cool. See you around, Sonya. Okay, listeners, each of the contestants is at the starting line. They have each been given a budget of $11, which is the average student's weekly expenses on campus to use on any of the objects in the bin by the starting line. Margie looks to have blown all of her money out the gate on the grappling hook, which is likely to come in handy. Dave looks to have grabbed some waiters, a big hat, and some noodling gloves. I think he's going for a technical gambit on this one. If he falls in the water, as long as it doesn't directly touch him, he may be able to keep competing, which is a smart move for someone of Dave's agility level. Oh, wow. In a startling upset, Fitzgerald has offered his money to a supporter to participate in the challenge with him. The extra help may certainly help him out, given his physical stats are relatively low. He's also grabbed the giant rubber duck and the inner tube. Not sure what build he's quite going for, but I do see the appeal. The clock is set for his assistant at $4 for three minutes. Okay, and the clock is counting down. Okay, and they are off. Dave takes an immediate lead, pushing to the front of the pack with his long, long legs. Margie is close behind, and Fitzgerald riding piggyback on his constituent, a really close third. The first challenge is pretty easily handled by all of them, a balance beam across a pit of water. Ooh! Yikes! Margie almost took a tumble, but recovered pretty nicely. She did, however, lose her second place status as she was overtaken by Fitzgerald. Old Fitzy seems to be doing something with his inner tube, and... Yowie! Looks like Fitzy has essentially lassoed Dave with the inner tube. A bit early to be using that particular item in the game, but a pretty good strategy. Uh, Dave is precariously balanced on the edge of the rope swing platform, and Fitz just overtook him. Look! Margie! Wow, what a show of solidarity, folks. Margie Olferson has stopped before the rope swing and punctured the inner tube around Dave with the blade of her grappling hook. What a team player! That's some real sportsmanship right there. Dave is, of course, letting her go first on the swing for the assist. Fitzgerald has a good-sized lead right now, moving on to the hoops course. He has to sink three basketballs before the door will open, leading to the slip-and-slide. He's hooked his bungee cord into his vest, and... Ooh! Ouch! Uh, that's gonna leave a mark, mark folks. Uh. 
Fitzgerald bounced the first ball off the rim, and it just slammed right into a smug, stupid face. Uh, Margie's just arrived to take her shots, and Dave is close behind her. Fitzgerald has got his second attempt, and Margie is well on her way to catching up. Looks like girl got b-ball skills. Dave is handily making shots, and maybe looks a little bored. Holy shit, what a sweet dunk! Oh, now he's just showing off. Listeners, Dave just did a running dunk at the hoop, landed it, and flipped backwards in his bungee harness. Margie finished her shots first, Fitzgerald's still struggling with his third shot. Uh, she's removed her bungee harness and is now moving on to the Punisher. Dave is following close behind and... Look like... Oh, no. Yep, yeah, looks like Fitzy just nailed his last shot as well. Fitz has remounted his hired hand and they are moving quickly past the others. For those of you listening from home, the Punisher is a whirling dervish of foam paddles, not for the faint of heart or the weak of flesh. Honestly, Margie's looking a little tuckered already, but is keeping a good pace through the paddles. Fitzgerald's hired hand is really giving both her and Dave a run for their money, not gonna lie. Oofa doofa, looks like Dave just got a blade to the stomach. If he can't stick the landing on the platform, he might be out of the round for good. You got this, Dave! Oh, oh wow! Hey, it looks like Dave managed to make it and flashed us a thumbs up. And people say the power of friendship is useless. Uh, Margie's made it on through two. Three, Three two, one! And that's it for Fitzy's hired help. He's been dumped on his own right before the vine climb challenge over the pool of evil bullier base. Kindly donated by the cafeteria. Oh, wow. Listeners, looks like rather than climb the vines, Dave has opted to don his waiters and brave the ghosts of fish sticks past in the bullion base. Good luck, my friend. Not a choice I personally would have made. Uh, Margie is climbing the vines now, and Fitzgerald is surprisingly close on her heels. Oh, oh, listeners, looks like she's got her legs stuck in the netting. Ah, shit, she's falling. The grappling hook! Wow, listeners, Margie shot that grappling hook only a second too late. She's in the soup, but only barely. I'm looking at the judges and... Judges look to be saying that she's eliminated for the physical round. Good job, honey, you did well. Look! Oh, looks like both Dave and Fitzy are crossing into the next challenge. Since Fitzy's been saving his strength, he seems to be doing a little bit better in this bit, just for the fact that he's not as winded. The brutal bench is tilting and whirling, and... That's it! A giant spider hippo pinata. And by spider hippo, I of course don't mean a hippo with eight legs, but a hippo dressed as Spider-Man hanging upside down from the rafters has descended and ensnared Fitzgerald Phillips. He's caught in the web, and oh, there, there it goes! Dave's past it! He's gonna win! That's how it's looking, Jack. Unless Fitzy can figure something out, he's toast. Dave is ten feet from the finish line, and... Oh, Dave just took a giant rubber duck to the head. What a throw. He's got, Fitzgerald's got one arm free now, but nope, Dave is up. He's moving and he's through. Dave has officially won the physical challenge and thus gets all of the votes from the board of trustees. God, I love politics. I was really worried things were going to devolve into fisticuffs there for a second. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Listeners, the debate staff are removing Fitzgerald from the metaphorical web of lies he's gotten himself trapped in, and Dave is moving to make his final statements to all of you. Here's the music while we all get back in position.
eloquent sermon that I'll preach to the choir. Still standing on the street corner with another unwanted political flaw that I press into the hands of some computer that I stayed up last night typing out on my old school computer. On my old school computer. We don't much tour, but face extreme rendition Less poetry, more love songs They'd prefer, but no, this is Josh Capital With iambic pentameter Iambic pentameter Whoa, another political anthem Propaganda in a song Another political anthem Sing along Every struggle Deserves its own three chords Rise up, resist You've heard it all before You may be sick of it But as long as I am privileged I'll write lyrics, verses, chorus And maybe the odd bridge But now you realize that I can't sing I'm totally confused by these six strings That's never stopped me from picking up the mic And write theme songs to lost causes and futile These missives One more native woman goes missing Forgetful voters put the Tories back Another Bush, another war in Iraq Movements come and go But I still believe in another world Not based on authority I hope the revolution is something I will see But until that time I write these lines in solidarity I write these lines in solidarity Propaganda in a song Another political anthem Punk rock sing along Another political anthem May not be the solution Another political anthem Soundtrack to revolution I've had a great time here tonight with all of you, and I hope you enjoyed your time here at the debates. Remember that voting ends next Tuesday, and I hope you keep me in your thoughts. Hey, even if I didn't win, at least I get to keep this sweet grappling hook. Ooh, sorry. I'm still in the running, based on all of your votes. Get out there and vote, friends. While I am not exactly pleased with the events of tonight, I hope that you will all keep in mind that of your choices, I am the choice, the only choice, proven to work and fix things on this campus. And if nothing else, I am the safe option. Vote wisely. Well, listeners, it's been a blast. <laughs> 
watching Dave utterly cream his competition in a test of oral skills and agility, enjoying the hapless scrambling that is a high-profile candidate trying to save face, savoring a two-scoop complimentary cone of party belly caramelly, falafel waffle gonna topple while watching campus security storm the debate hall in a futile search for who I can only assume is some other ice cream bandit of sorts. All of this to say, it's been a great night. We should get the final results back after all the votes have been tallied in in about two weeks. And I'm cautiously optimistic that we might be seeing a good friend of mine accomplishing a lot of good on campus in the next few months. And I guess by association, me too. Never really thought I'd enter the political arena in my lifetime, but Dave knows what he's doing and I am a quick learner. By the way, this is a good time to remind all of you to get yourselves registered to vote. We need all the votes we can to, to make any kind of difference, both locally, nationally, and every voice matters in changing things for the better. Remember, listeners, however grim or dark things may seem, you matter. Your input matters. And fighting for what you believe in, standing up for what's really right, makes this world a better place. Until then, listeners, have a good night, and I'll see you next time. Voice talent for this episode was provided by Kathy Simonelli, Jared Worley, Brad McInich, Shen Boyd, and me, Tina Simonelli, as well as written in collaboration by me, Tina Simonelli, and Jared Worley. Music for this episode was The Last True Boss by Komiku, solo acoustic guitar by Jason Shaw, patriotic songs of the Americans performed by the New York Military Band and the American Quartet, Uncle Sammy March by the Edison Military Band, and Empowered Ending by Soft and Furious. Our feature music was Political Anthem by Legally Blind. All of these songs can be found on the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. We are, we're super late now, aren't we? Uh, the holidays are always a crazy mess, you know, like every year, but it hit us especially hard this particular year. Um, I hope you enjoyed this little bit longer episode as a consolation for your horrible wait. Uh, we're aiming for some time mid to late January for the next episode, and we hope you'll hang in there for the other half of season two. We all love you, wonderful listeners, and hope to see you again soon. Also, support us on Patreon if you really enjoyed the mini-sode that we posted closer to Christmas, because we're planning on three, they're written and not recorded, but written, uh, new mini-sodes for the coming year. And we will talk to you again soon, I guess. I love you all. Bye-bye.